Hello, everyone. I'm Brian Carrington, and you're listening to Call Talk for this October 2013. Today's topic is Delivering Quality, Cisco's Service with a Smile, and that's S-M-I-L-E, and you'll know why in a minute. Now, if you're listening live, I want to invite you to be a part of the show and ask questions, and it's easy, and here's how you can do it. You can email me, which is probably the most common way, at brian at benchmarkportal.com, or if you're feeling brave and want to uh, go ahead and ask a question online, you can do that too, and you can just dial the number 347 857 3117. But make sure you press the one on your phone. Let me know that you have a question, and I'll do my best to get you in. I do want to remind you, though, that all of our shows are archived and available to listen to you uh, any time of your convenience at benchmarkportal.com. So at this point, I'd like to go and introduce the host of Call Talk, Bruce Belfiore. Welcome back to Call Talk, everyone. And as Brian said, the topic of today is delivering quality, Cisco's service with a smile. And, you know, the question is, how do you get there? How do you make it fun? How do you create an atmosphere where your people will not only look forward to seeing your face in the morning, but also look forward to hearing your voice as you coach them toward better quality instead of running the other way? So uh, we have someone uh, on board here, who, an expert on the topic, uh, someone whose face and voice are always welcome, Ed Porbaugh. How are you doing, Ed? I'm doing great. Um, it's good to hear good. you and, and be speaking with you today, Bruce and, and Brian. Um, okay, I'm really great. excited well, to share, share what we're doing here at Cisco. Okay. Well, let me uh, say a few words about you so that uh, people will know your background and what you've done. Uh, this is actually Ed's second time on Call Talk, uh, so he's an old friend to the show. He's held a number of positions in warehousing, transportation, and information technology, and uh, operations during his 17-year career with Cisco Food Services. And prior to his current role as Director of Support Center Operations, he managed the IT operations for the southwestern United States and was the project manager for several successful enterprise-wide software development projects. He was an integral part of the design and implementation of Cisco's new call centers in Houston and Dallas, Texas, where he uh, recently hosted me. And uh, currently, he's responsible for the operational and quality performance of the support center, including the management of telephony and other technology platforms used to deliver cost-effective and customer-focused experience. He graduated from the University of New Mexico with a Bachelor of Arts in English and a minor in Environmental Sciences. So, Ed, we're really looking forward to hearing what you have to say. All right. Well, um, last time I was on, and it seems like every time that you and I get together, I like to share a little uh, fiction and fact from the Cisco Almanac with you. Uh, last time I shared <laughs> yeah. with you that we, we drove enough miles that we could make 525 trips back and forth to the moon. This year I'd like you to or this this show I'd like you to guess how many pounds of green beans we sell in one year. <laughs> oh gosh. This is like uh, you know we should have one of those little jars there with uh, beans in it each one representing I don't know 500,000 tons of the stuff. It, 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 it could it could happen. Um well I'll I'll dispense with the suspense uh we actually last year sold 6,830 tons of green beans, which is Woo! the same weight as three space shuttles. So 
For uh, parents that are listening, if your kids don't like green beans, you can share this with them, and hopefully they'll eat their vegetables. So <laughs> that's a, a factoid for you. People do eat green beans. Yes. Yeah, no, actually, I, I love green beans, uh, you know, with a little bit of uh, olive oil, salt on them. They're great. They're great. Wonderful. <laughs> good. Yeah. Good, good. And any other statistics like that to share with us, Ed? Not not at this time. I don't want to get too nerdy right off the bat, so it'll be good. <laughs> okay, good. Well, you know, we have an eclectic listening audience, and they're always hungry for information, uh, if not oh, nice. green beans. <laughs> so, and, and hopefully they aren't starving for information. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Oh, this is getting going from bad to worse. But anyway, yeah. uh, the last time we visited, we talked about how your center is newer and uh, growing, you know, and that this is uh, providing you with some really interesting times. Uh, and tell me how it's grown over the last year. Okay, I'd love to. Um, we still continue to grow, um, albeit not really at the pace we had projected. Uh, remember, we're a greenfield operation, um, and we're in the process of, process of consolidating our operations throughout North America to the two centers in Dallas and Houston. Um, mm. We expected some struggles. Um, and we've had to work through those. Um, but it's really been a, a blessing because it's given us an opportunity to really focus and hone our operational processes. Yeah, no, these sorts of things, these sorts of sort of uh, major changes do tend to focus one, uh, challenge one, but uh, oftentimes bring out the best in, in us and our people as well. So, yeah, tell us what, what have been the biggest struggles for your company operationally as you've gone through this? You know, initially it was because we were too small. Um, we only had three agents, and I would sit in meetings and talk about quality scores and workforce management, and it was really funny because management and the agents and our team leads would look at me like I was wearing a red nose with big shoes, um, <laughs> and, and it was mostly the executives that had that look on their face. Um, but, you know, for us, I really stayed focused on, on the WFM and quality processes. And as we added agents um, to, the pop, to our population, it became clear that we had developed a good foundation for success. Um, we currently have about 60 agents, and I would say we're excelling at scheduling and forecasting. Um, and I'm really very fortunate to have two really awesome guys that uh, help me in that area. And, I, you know, I think like most, uh, most people, the hardest part of the, the job operationally, um, but also the most rewarding one, is in the training and quality assurance area. And this is especially evident as we grow um, and we see our systems and our processes change. Yeah, you know, the, the two areas that you mentioned, the training, that's where you are interacting with and seeing the development of your own people. And so, you know, that is very rewarding when it goes well. And the quality assurance side is really where they are then taking all those things that you've been trying to, you know, uh, bring into their heads and, and their hearts, right, to actually service the customer. So yep. that's, that's great. That's great to hear. Well, t tell me more about or tell us more about your quality and, and training programs. Okay. I'd, I'd love to, but, you know, I have to tell you, you know me. I, I love to tell a, short, a story. So yes. um, as my family in, says, I, I have to tell a long story short or a short story long, but we'll get going. Um, I moved to Texas about three years ago um, after spending the majority of my life in uh, New Mexico. And every Christmas, we've traveled to New Mexico, and I love the drive, and I watch uh, the landscape, um, and it changes. It's really a, a beautiful drive. 
Well, last year um, I was really needing to get home to New Mexico. Um, with the growth we'd had in the center and some of our technical challenges, it was really wearing on me and I, I was frustrated. Um, and it just didn't seem like I was making any progress. And I, I really was looking forward to the downtime with my family. Um, my oldest son and I were talking, and he asked me about work and, and life and why I seemed really stressed out. Mm-hmm. I told him uh, <laughs> the long and short of, of operations. He, he really focused in on the um, quality assurance aspect. And he said, so you mean you teach quality so the agents can be successful? And, I, you know, I looked at him and I said, well, no, not really. Um, we record all the calls and then we score them. And if they score below a certain mark, then we coach them and help them improve. Well, he asked, what happens if they don't get it and they don't improve? And I said, unfortunately, we have to let some agents go. And so he, he looks at me with that, you know, 17-year-old look and says, so if you don't do your job right, the agents don't get to stay with Cisco and be successful. And, and that really, uh, it kind of hit me. You know, it's funny how sometimes teenagers just smile, and I don't know if he really meant to be a smart aleck or if he got it. But uh, I, I looked at him and I said, yes, son, you're right. It's about quality for success. And then he, you know, smiled at me, put in his headphones, and just stared out the window. Um, <laughs> okay, no, that's, so that's, that's a great story, and uh, I mean, yeah. when you think about it, here you are trying to get away from work, right? You're getting over the the, the state line and sort of into a different state of mind, and uh, he's bringing you right back to work. But it sounds like yeah. it was a, a useful yeah. conversation. Yeah, it was it was really uh, interesting. So as as we drove and I contemplated um, the conversation, it occurred to me that he really was right. Um, I had missed the real reason for quality. It, it wasn't about my binary thinking, yes, no, right, or wrong. It was really all about success. It was about you know a quality program that focused on the positive declaration that we are all working for the success of the company through our own successes. And I, I guess that's self-evident to a lot of people. I, I think I just simply lost sight of that. Um, you know, and Cisco's mis- mission statement is really simple. It says to become our customer's most valued business partner. And uh, in our operations department, we've modified that to become to become our customer service representative's most valued partner. And, you know, as I, I really pondered on that, it occurred to me two things. One, how could the kid sitting next to me that can't seem to make his bed every day and understand that that's important, how could he be so insightful? Um, you know, it, it was interesting to me. And two, what would a quality program built for true quality look like? Not only the quality for our interaction with customers, but also with each other. And this is really what I've, I've deemed as the mustard seed moment. And that has blossomed into our quality for success model. No, that that is a great story, and you've got a great kid there. Uh, and <laughs> uh, tell him he should listen to the show. Uh, but okay, tell us what <laughs> tell us what uh, changes you made to your program, and how they were received by agents and by management uh, as you were going through this transition. Okay. Well, during the drive, we stopped um, at a little countryside um, restaurant, and they had these smiley face uh, mugs for sale. And I said off the cuff, it would be funny to buy those mugs because we always tell the CSRs to smile on the phones. 
and it was a light bulb moment. Um, it just something happened to me, um, mm. and I bought the remaining stock of the mugs, and I plan to give them to the agents as gifts. Um, again, I, letting this idea roll around in my mind, I tried to figure out what, when we told somebody to smile on the phones, what did that actually mean? Surely it means a friendly tone, um, but what else? And, you know, my, my team calls me the acronym king, so I came up with the following. So S to us stands for service. M is manage, uh, manage the interaction. I is involve. L is listen on that phone interaction. And E is evaluate. And we evaluate at the end of the call as well as during the call. Um, and that's what we turn into our Smile for Quality program. That's great. So basically you want everybody to have a smile on their mug, and they'll also have a smile on their mug, right? That's, Sorry about that's that. That's exactly that's exactly it. And, you know, um, we we really, it, it was interesting because I came back from vacation, and usually you're pretty fired up when you come back, you're relaxed. And I sat the quality team down, and we revamped our entire quality scorecard. And it really occurred to me, we were being very punitive, meaning we took points away from 100%. Um, and we changed it completely to a reward-based system, meaning that the agents started with zero points or a score of zero, and they earn the points towards uh, 100%. Um, That's a big you know, difference. Bruce, you, yeah, it's a, huge, it's a huge difference. And you're a number guy just like me, and probably most of the listeners, um, and, and yes, the score is going to be the same with either methodology, but I think it's all in the approach. Um, instead of the agent saying, QA dinged me again, or Jane is so mean she always takes points away, the conversation is now, what did I do that I didn't earn the full points? And it's, you know, it's a subtle change, but it's really very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and, and it, it sort of is the positive reinforcement. Instead of uh, sort of uh, dragging somebody down and sort of making them go to their, you know, uh, primal, uh, you know, flight, uh, you know, freeze or flight type of, uh, you know, positioning, it's a building up type of thing, which is much more positive and is received a lot better by a lot, a lot of people. Right. And, you know, we also changed the types of questions. Um, we used to ask mostly yes or no closed-ended questions. And now what we've done is we looked at those process questions that really have to be yes or no. Did you do it the way it, it legally needs to be done? But we've actually added, and most of our questions, I would say 90% of them, are really um, based on behavioral type of uh, scenarios that we can measure as far as not proficient, nearing proficiency, and fully proficient. Um, We've discovered that this is an easier approach to coaching, and it allows the question, what do you struggle with that keeps you from being proficient? And it nicely ties into our training module model, which is um, based on the quality for success approach. We call it training for success. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Another change that we started was we scheduled um, side-by-side evaluations. And, and this was really to build the team between the quality analysts and the CSRs. And the sessions weren't scored or recorded. But after every call, um, the QA analysts ask the, the agent, what's one thing you could improve upon? And it opens up for a nice dialogue. 
Um, and then the, the follow-up question is, what did you do great on the call? And um, QA can agree or redirect that conversation as needed, um, but it's really a one to two minute conversation. And at the end of the conversation, the QA person leaves that agent and goes to another one. Um, and it was interesting, at, at first the agents didn't really like the approach, um, and they even made reference to us being the police or the cops coming down to talk to them. But as they realize positive improvements on their scorecards, they're now asking for quality for success um, sessions. That's great. That's great. And I remember when we were talking one time, you talked about your Guns and Roses uh, approach. Uh, that's what this is, we, correct? This this is the Guns and Roses approach. Um, I was trying to come up with. I was going to talk to you about Guns and Roses, and my kids unfortunately were giving me grief about an '80s band and said I needed to update it. Um, <laughs> but Guns and Roses is is what we use as the model. Um, and what it is is we start with that, uh, the negative the being the gun, um, and then what we do is we talk about the rose. And the rose is the successful part, um, and it's really what, what are you going to bloom into. Um, and it, it seems like it works for us. Um, some people will tell you don't start with the negative because you're already, you've already beaten them up on the scorecard, so the negative just tears them down. And I, I can see that approach. But I think when you design a, a culture, and it's a culture by design, and our folks know that the positive is going to be coming, it makes the, the medicine go down a little easier. Um, mm -hmm. And that's where the, run, the, the rose comes in. Um, and we've had great success using that model. Well, there, there's um, something that uh, I, I, I was suggesting, too, at one point. And, um, you know, you and I both have been active in scouting. And I remember going to Philmont in New Mexico, your home state there, and uh, in the evenings around the, uh, the camp circle, uh, weren't allowed to have fires most of the time, but anyway, the camp circle, um, would do something called thorns, roses, uh, thorns and Roses, which is pretty much the same thing. What happened today that was not good, that I didn't like? And then the roses is what happened today that I really loved? And interestingly, some of the scouts would start with the thorn and some would start with the rose. And it was kind of the thing where we'd let them do what they, they wanted uh, as long as they were both and, you know, they, they really had to think about things. And then one of the scouts, who actually happened to be my son, uh, said, you know what, I'd like to also offer a bud. Well, what was a bud? A oh, bud right. was, yeah, a bud was what I'm looking forward to. What I'm looking forward to doing better tomorrow, what I'm looking forward to in terms of something fun that's going to happen. Uh, and so I was thinking maybe we could use that in our uh, sector as well. And if anybody listening ever uses this and uh, has some success with it, please do write to us and let us know. But, you know, having the thorns, the roses, and the bud. You know, what is it that I'm looking forward to? It could be an event that's going to be at the center. Uh, that's coming up. It could be um, a, a project, a community service project that everybody's involved in, or it could be I'm looking forward to getting better in terms of my uh, tone on the on the on the calls, or uh, my scores, or something like that. So anyway, I, I thought that might I, be I like kind it. of a cool thing to try out too. Okay. Well, in some of our CSR, I like that model. I'll, I'll work something up on it. I just hope that the agents don't think my uh, team leads and my quality people are full of fertilizer. 
<laughs> so, uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll work some up. It'll be maybe somebody, uh, one of the listeners will come up with something. It'll be awesome. So that'll be great. Yeah. Um, Good. You know, one one final change we also made was um, our training department didn't report into operations, and there was really a huge disconnect between training and quality. And one of the suggestions um, that I was pretty adamant about was that training report into operations. And we've actually taken the entire quality for success model and transformed our training. And like I mentioned before, we do have this um, training for success and it's quality for success. And it really, I, I can't tell you the difference it's made in our center. It's It's been fantastic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that, that uh, plays right into my next question, which is, uh, you know, obviously there's a lot of change that you guys have been through. Uh, and so what metrics do you have to support the success of your program? Yeah. How did I know you were, you were going to ask me a metrics question? Uh, benchmarking, yeah, right? Um, <laughs> when, when we started the program, our average quality score was an 88. The customer support managers and operations, we, we basically didn't talk to each other. And when we, when we did talk to each other, um, it wasn't it wasn't nice, and that carried over to our analysts and our C- CSRs, and mm. you know, it, it was really an ugly situation. It was really not a pleasant. Um, I would even I don't want to use the word toxic, but it was very confrontational most of the time um, around quality um, and what were we doing wrong, what was everybody else doing wrong. Um, but since we've rolled out the program, and it's been now. Um, 10, 10 months, let's let's call it. Our average QA score is ninety four percent. Wow! We have congratulations. We've, yeah, it's it's fantastic, and it's it's so great. Um, we've reduced turnover by fifteen percent. We had just as a, a side story, we had an agent who struggled, and we were actually planning to terminate his employment with us because he struggled so much on the phone calls. He he did the processes, but he just struggled with his personality on the phone. And by implementing a quality for success program and talking to him about smile and doing the guns and the roses or the, the thorns and the, the roses and, and a buds, really, he actually improved. And I can't tell you how excited I was when he came to my office and he says, Ed, I just got my first 100% on my scorecard. And I, I tell you, without lying to you, he's probably one of our top five agents here now, and I fully expect him to become a team lead in the future. And it was just, that's, yeah, it's like watching that's a kid fabulous. Grow, right? It was, yeah. it was fantastic. Yeah, no, that is very satisfying. Well, that, that's a great story, and hats off to you, really. That, that's a lot to be proud of there. And, and what happened with the smiley mugs, by the way? Did they like them? Oh, oh I have to tell you about that. Um, well, the agents love them. Um, I've actually created, I, I couldn't, didn't have enough to give to everyone, so I created a monthly recognition program, and it focuses on attendance and quality scores. And the number one agent receives a smiley mug, a certificate, and 100 points in a company-wide recognition program. And so think of that like a, a hotel stay rewards program. Our top three agents, um, under the number one person, receives a certificate, and we've also ordered these smiley, um, we have access badges, so they get a smiley um, access badge holder, 
-hmm. And it's really hilarious because agents now are so um, competitive about their scores because they all want the mug. And uh, (laughs) we had one lady who won three months in a row, and everybody was very upset, and she actually was locking her mugs away in her desk Mm -hmm. when she left for the night because people had threatened to steal her mugs. So (laughs) it's been very successful. (laughs) That's great. That's great. And uh, uh, Before we turn to some questions, are there any other incentives or changes uh, that you've got planned for the future? You know, um, I think part of it operationally is we're constantly, and part of it's our growth phase that we're in right now, but we're constantly evaluating the program. Uh, Currently, I have a team goal for, for them, um, and the first month we hit an overall of 97%, I'm shaving my head. And uh, <laughs> this might work, work against me. I planned it. I didn't think they could hit it um, because I'm really an ugly, bald-headed man. But uh, <laughs> last month we ended at a 95.7. So um, I, I'm a little nervous. Uh, but we're looking at different re- rewards like T-shirts and maybe hats, um, something like that. And it's, uh, the agents love it because it allows them to show them off. So that, that's really that's what, what we're looking at right now. I'd say get those clippers ready, Ed. Get those clippers ready. Yeah, hey, it's a, it's a good thing it's a, a radio show and not a TV show. That's all I'm saying. Well, you know, I, I'm thinking, though, on the archived show, we actually can't put your picture there. So uh, the last one can have you with a full head of hair. Maybe if we get the uh, head shaved, we can put that one up. What do you think? I, I, I'll send it to you. I, I love it. It'll be great. <laughs> okay. Good, good. Well, these are great insights, uh, and uh, really appreciate very much you sharing them with us. I noticed that uh, Brian has some questions, so I'll hand things over to him, and I think we've got time for maybe a couple of them. Okay, sounds good. And, Ed, I've already got one picture up there. Let me know if you want me to update it, so uh, I'll be happy to take care of that. Okay, Okay. Uh, So the first question came in uh, email, and this is from Carmen. Of course, other than, uh, you know, making sure that your smiley mugs are locked up at night, (laughs) what is the most difficult part of implementing this program? Mm. Yeah, that's that's a good question. I think um, everybody would struggle implementing changes. Um, For me, I would say it was buy-in from everyone. Um, I honestly think that uh, most people thought I'd lost my mind. Um, I definitely had days where I felt like um, Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams build the program and they will come to like it. Um, It was really um, kind of a difficult go, but once people started to see it, and it was really that grassroots movement from the agents and getting their their buy-in and understanding that made the transition easier. But definitely it was uh, change management, I think. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, another one uh, comes up from Darren. Unless Bruce, did you have any comment about that? No, I think uh, you know you hit it right on the head. Uh, oftentimes, looking back is so much easier than trying to press forward. Let's face it. Uh, you know, you've got something that's been successful, and uh, you know it's good though to remember that oftentimes you have you have you run into uh, resistance, you run into problems. And you have to continually reevaluate. But when you've got a really good idea, you also have to persevere sometimes and, and give the thing a, an opportunity to work. So, yeah, that, that's all I'd, I'd add. Okay, great. I, I like Darren's next question. Uh, I have to agree just a little bit. All of this sounds too touchy-feely, he says. 
So how do you know that changing the program really had the impact that you're seeking and that it was not just because agents became more skilled? You know, uh, that's a that's a funny question, and, and like I mentioned, I, I'm definitely a numbers guy. Um, I'm a binary thinker. My kids would tell you I've never been too touchy-feely with them, but that's a different story. Um, I think the one thing that we do is we conduct, um, and as part of this, the program, we started to com- conduct employee surveys quarterly, and we've received many um, positive comments. And those, uh, the surveys are actually done by one of our HR partners, and there's no management from the call center involved in that, and it's totally anonymous. So I, I'm very confident that the feedback we're getting is true, and it's not being jaded by this overshadowing presence of management. I also think um, that because we're making our QA team more approachable and reiterating that we want everyone to succeed, that's really the reason that we're seeing increased in QA scores. We, we haven't um, added a great deal of agents um, because we've lowered our, our actual turnover has lowered, so we have longer tenured, more veteran agents. Um, their skill after about three months doesn't change much because we don't see that fluctuation. So I really attribute most of this success and our positive change in the quality score um, because of the changes to the program. The only thing I'd add to that is, uh, Darren, you know, one of the things is that uh, there are a lot of people who um, like a little touchy-feely, and that <laughs> most people do, in fact, in a call center uh, setting. You've got people who are very much extroverts. They're people people by nature. And, um, you know, when they feel they're being supported in the way that Ed was just talking about, uh, then, you know, they will respond positively to that. And, um the the uh, words that I sometimes use are turning managers and supervisors into agent advocates. So they're people who are advocating for the success of the agents by helping them develop their skills and do better and better. And um, at that point, when you feel supported, uh, it doesn't feel touchy-feely. It just feels really good, and it feels uh, professionally very satisfying as well for, I think, both for all sides. So... Yeah, that's uh, what I'd add there. Yeah, totally agree with you. Right. Perfect. Okay. Uh, well, one more, Ed, I've got for you, and it, it's kind of uh, like you guys were saying when you ask about the rose, you know, what's that one thing that really stands out for you? And in this case, a question from Jack is, what do you think is the one change that had the most significant impact? Well, that, that's a hard answer, but I'll tell you um, – it's hard because it's personal, and I think it was uh, changing my attitude and my approach. Um, I really went from a statistics-based approach to one that focused on development. And um, I actually had a conversation earlier today um, with an analyst, and I said, I really want us to get away from publishing the score on the scorecard. I don't even want agents to know what percentage they scored. Um, they need to know that we really want them to be successful, and let's focus on those skills that everybody can develop um, to hit the home run. Um, I don't think we'll ever not publish the the percentile score on the scorecards, but I really do think it's the approach of not focusing on the metric, but focusing on the behavior and having a darn good time while we're doing it. So mm. I, I think that was the biggest change. Mm. Cool. Okay. 
You know, I, I think we're hearing why you've had so much success there, uh, Ed, and really appreciate your coming on to uh, share these thoughts, these experiences with us, because so many people can benefit uh, by them. And uh, so, great. Thanks again for being here. And uh, with that, I'll turn things over to uh, uh, to Brian to, to wrap things up. All right. Well, thanks, Bruce. And, Ed, really, thank you again for joining us on the show. It's been really uh, insightful today. A lot of uh, great uh, look at how you can help with your contact center and especially with delivering quality. That's definitely the way to go. So I want to remind everyone that you can join us next month as we'll be bringing you some of our best practices that will be coming out of Call Center Campus Symposium event for us there in uh, Las Vegas. We'll be doing that next month, so tune in for that right here at BenchmarkPortal.com. But also don't forget to sign up for a free reality check benchmark report and see how your center compares to others in the industry. So with that being said, and all of us here at Benchmark Portal, keep those headsets steady and your fingers ready. This is Brian Carrington (laughs) signing out. Have a great day.